Hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, uh, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. So joining me here is Nick Raponi. We just got done watching the Detroit Pistons lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I believe the score was well one fourteen one oh seven. I think. Yeah, there is the. Score. I know there is the technical free throws at the end, so that's why with Dwayne Casey. So that's why I'm not 100 percent sure the final score because it was like seven seconds left. Or you got those two points, but right. Yeah. So, but regardless, we're doing a different series here. We're going to call this the uh, the arena series, I guess. I don't really have a creative name for it, so we're just going to call it that. But basically, I like it. I yeah, like right. It. So, so basically, we're me and Nick here are, are on a mission to to basically visit all 29 NBA arenas. Um, We've officially visited Scotiabank Arena, but we'll do a more official podcast visit because I think For the plan sure. here is to do a podcast after every arena visit and just talk about more, you know, the viewing experience as opposed to necessarily the in-depth game that we uh, that we tend to go into after this sort of stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about the game, but Nick, t- talk to me about your overall viewing experience here at Little Seas Arena. What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, I'll-, I'll give you the floor here to kind of just talk about it a little bit. Well, yeah, it is a new arena. I think it was open, if I'm not mistaken, 2015. So it's or built in 20. And one or the other. I think it opened in 2015. So it's new. But yeah, it's. I thought it was incredible. Like from the size of the jumbotron to how engaging they make the event for the crowd. Whether you're in the 300 level, the 200 level, or the 100s. Like we were 100 level. Dead center, row 10? Was it 15? No, I think it was row 10, pretty much dead center of the court. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was great. So for us, we had the great seats, and then I guess they do a thing called the Motor City Club in Detroit, right. which was amazing. Like, Derek and I, we, we went down there, and we just saw all this food just being brought out and made on demand, and everyone just kind of taking plates, and we're kind of thinking to each other, like, is this included, or what's, what's going on here? And everything was included like i'm talking not just like popcorn chips and snacks like i'm talking steak and mashed potatoes with asparagus like nice salads like chicken wings like nachos with pulled chicken on it like i'm talking unbelievable stuff all included in the ticket price like best experience i've personally ever had at a sporting event for sure and uh, to me you know given that we only have a sample size of two arenas, Fair. it really blew away the experience at Scotiabank, especially for the value that we got for the game. I mean, we paid in Canadian about $170 per ticket for 10 rows up. Yeah. And, I mean, the same ticket at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto is, well, we're looking at, like, what, like 600 Yeah, I'm like going to say probably against – depends who you're playing, I guess, but, like – yeah, I'd say that's probably a good average number. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think I think Nick really said it best here. The Motor City Club, I think, was what really blew us away. Oh, man, that was... Um, and, you know, we get up to there, and we see people, like, taking food, like, and this is gourmet food. Like, I'm talking, like, sautéed shrimp, and Nick was saying, like, some of the steak and... Yeah, like, I have celiac, so I can't eat a lot of stuff, and everything pretty much was gluten-free. They had vegetarian options, vegan options, like, you name it, they catered to everybody. It was incredible. Yeah, and I guess, like, the first clue I saw was, like huh there's no debit machines here there's yeah. no cash <laughs> registers like are we are we just supposed to come in here and just take the stuff like is that how this works like so it, yeah it, it was pretty incredible uh me and nick got there about an hour and a half early and you know nick i kind of like obviously the food and stuff like that was great but like uh, let, let's talk a little bit what we saw in warm-ups because i think there was a few interesting things going on in warm-ups you know particularly i think you know, we don't, we've sometimes we fail to recognize how good these NBA players are, and I think one of the things that really kind of 
embodied that was, you know, Steven Adams just knocking down three yeah. NBA threes from the corner like it was just nothing. Like it was nothing. Like I know obviously no hand in the face, but like he was knocking down like five in a row. Like like he was six in a row. Like it it was like he was a three-point shooter. Like it was incredible. Like I mean, and I think that goes to say like the NBA talent is just incredible. Right. Like. And, and like, and yeah, I, I think you said it best there. And like, and we've seen the other side of it, right? Like you saw, I saw Abdul Nader warming up and he missed six threes in a row and you could see it in his yeah. body language. Like he was very disappointed in that sort of stuff. So but then first three of the game he made, remember yeah, that? that? That's right? very true. That's very, that's very true. So, you know, little things like that I found quite interesting. Um, we were obviously fortunate enough to be in the lower bowl. You know, when I go to Scotiabank, normally I'm, I'm in the upper bowl. Yeah, so me I have too. to, me too. I have to, what well, basically what I do is, uh, in Scotiabank, you have to, it opens an hour before, so you actually have to like go in with the rush of the crowd because the usher is not going to check every single ticket. They're just going to assume you know where you're going. Yeah. So I so I had to do that at times where I just kind of got in with the rush and stayed down there for an hour to watch warmups, and I pretty much got about the same viewing experience from a warmup perspective for you know games like uh, uh, you know James Harden warming up. I saw Willie Cauley Stein back when he was uh, with Sacramento warming up. But this was kind of similar to that, in my opinion, and you know, it was it was just kind of a, a great experience. And you know, talking about Stephen Adams, like took the time to t- to just talk to fans, take pictures, yeah. whatever you needed. Like you just saw him pointing out with each, like, "What are you looking exactly. for? What are you looking for? What are you looking for?" Yeah. All right, I'll get I'll get to all you guys, and really didn't miss a single fan no. like, that was looking for something from him. It was amazing. Like he would he did his warm ups. He was one of the last guys out there, but he probably ended with. I'd say, what, half hour before the game, 40 minutes before the game? Something like that, yeah. And he spent 10, 15 minutes just, he grabbed a marker, too. It's not like he just went to fans that had specific pens and stuff. He grabbed a marker from a team trainer or a team, someone who worked for the team, went out and said, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Whether it was a picture, signing a jersey, signing shoes, it didn't matter. He just did it. He And that's just a testament to him as a person. And he gets it. Like, he gets it. It's part of the fan experience. These fans are just, they're there. They paid money. A lot of times it's hardworking people that just want to get to a game. And, you know, he makes sure that they got their money's worth in every aspect. And I really respected that. I mean, I always loved Steven Adams, one of my brother's favorite players. But, like, that made me respect him on a whole other level. Totally. Sure. And this is on the road for Steven Adams, yeah. too. He doesn't necessarily have to do this, right? No. This is not his hometown fans or anything like that. He's just a good guy. Just um, and, and, to, and to be fair, uh, Mike Muscala was doing the same thing. Yeah. Abdul Nader mm-hmm. did some of it as well. Um, we left before Nerlens Noel finished his warm-up, so he could have done some of them as well. So for I just sure. wanted to uh, you know give those guys their due because they definitely could have done some as well. We just kind of missed them. Yes. But Steven Adams, for sure, took the most time, for sure. I think, out of all of them. And post-game, too, Chris Paul took the jersey off his back and gave it to a fan that's pretty cool yeah that is, that is pretty cool we were looking to get a, a cp3 autograph but that's that's kind of hard to come by these for days. sure <laughs> um but uh yeah that is what it is so so yeah so the, the concourse experience was was pretty nice we walked through um i get the, i guess the 300 level to kind of take a look around um it, it's very nice very visually appealing uh i think uh, a lot of different um you know little Mini bars, mini restaurant sections yeah. of the stuff. Some nice Pistons history we saw with like Isaiah Thomas and uh, Joe Dumars, Tayshawn Prince, stuff, yeah. uh, Ben Wallace mm-hmm. had that um, kind of like the not really wall of fame, but kind of just like cutout figurines of yeah. like some of the Piston greats, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, the the location of the arena is like right in the heart of downtown, which is good because from what I understand, the uh, uh, the Palace of Auburn Hills, their old arena, was kind of out of the way. Yeah, like this one's right by Comerica where the Tigers play, right by Ford Field where the Lions play, and then Little Caesars they split the Pistons and the Red Wings. So now all four major sports teams there are all within 
five minute walk of each other, which is great. Right, which is great, and it, and it makes for uh, you know a good fan experience, obviously. Um, yeah, so uh, overall, I think I think what really blew us away was like the the free, pretty much catered food, which was fantastic. And you know, something that's just kind of I'm thinking of now is like you know they talk a lot a lot about putting you know bums in seats when you when it comes to uh, this sort of stuff yep. uh, in terms of Little Caesars Arena. You know, I get the feeling that a lot of the fans are just maybe just kind of content hanging around with the free food, watching it inside. For the, the sure, arena, yeah. Right? Well, I've noticed that. Like, funny you bring that up because yeah, I never really thought of it, but. You're 100% right there. Like every single time we went out to that Motor City Club to grab a drink or grab food, it was packed. Like packed people were just watching the game on TV, having a drink, uh, sitting at tables. And, you know, I mean, there was obviously bums in the seats, like you said, watching the game. But a, a lot of these people like in the lower bowl, they spent some time. Sure, they were at their seats too. But they spent some parts of the game just sitting out in the Motor City Club, having a drink, having some food and enjoying the event, the atmosphere. Absolutely. And it, it kind of... Um, it's kind of deceiving, right? Because every time, you know, we, we do this thing where we look on TV and we're like, and we get those wide shots on league pass and you're like, God, those seats are empty. Nobody's in there. <laughs> yeah. It's a little deceiving over there at Little Caesars sure. Arena because there's a lot of people, you know, enjoying it on a, on a different level inside that concourse. So that was just something I thought of that I didn't really think yeah, of until that, we got back here. 100%. I didn't think about it at all until you just mentioned it, but it's a very good point. Yeah, we're sitting here at a, a Comfort Inn just outside, but what, like, 10 minutes yeah. from the arena. Eight dollar Uber ride. $8 Not bad. Uber ride from the arena. Um, so I mean, I mean, talking about value again, and we only have a two arena sample size here. But I mean, between us driving from Toronto to Detroit, plus the hotel, plus the price of the tickets, including food and all that stuff, it's it's much cheaper to go to a game all-inclusive here in Detroit than it is to get those same seats for an average game at Scotiabank. Would you oh, say that's fair? Yeah, you're paying, like we said, 600 bucks probably to get those seats where we sat at Scotiabank. Our entire trip probably wasn't 600 bucks. You know what I, I mean? I don't think it was. Like, I don't think it was. Like, that's crazy. And we had, like you said, I agree with you. I think it was a better experience, in my opinion. I, I, I would take this experience over the Scotiabank experience, bar none. For sure. And I... Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, having, putting bums in seats and, you know, they even made that Blake Griffin trade with the Clippers and, you know, obviously a lot of that was to, you know, get a star in the building, right? Just yeah. like get get somebody that'll, because the, the viewing experience we can see is so great and if there's actually good basketball to watch, that's just the icing on the cake for there sure. for this Pistons team and you can see that and, you know, we'll talk about Christian Wood later in this Woo! game how good he was, <laughs> um, but... I, I think that, you know, the Pistons, they've done good here with the view the fan viewing experience. I think that it's just about putting a good product on the court, and I think you'll be able to increase those ticket prices. You'll For be sure. able to attract a good crowd to the arena. And it's not to say that there wasn't a good crowd tonight against, you know, what's considered maybe a... For most, at least, I mean, for a non-Chris Paul fan like myself, maybe a mediocre matchup in terms of viewing, watching yeah. experience from okay. Oklahoma City. Thunder. Yeah, OKC Detroit is not going to oh, run. Like, fans aren't going to be running to the box office to get those seats. I mean, right. And there's a reason it starts. It's a 7 p.m. start, exactly. right? Like, it's it's one of the earlier start games. It's not a primetime game. Um, and maybe that contributed to some of the price of the tickets as well. But, hey, I'll I'll take I'll take it. So, sure. um, And I, I want to mention, too, sure. we got our tickets. Like, we it's not like we decided last minute and got them a couple days before the game and one they were really cheap they needed to just sell the tickets we got them a couple weeks ago you know what i mean like they still had time to sell these tickets and they were still pretty cheap so yeah for sure i i i just thought it was a great bar bang for your buck 
including any sporting event I've been to, like different sports, different arenas. This is probably my favorite experience so far. Definitely. Uh, and it, it was my first uh, basketball game outside of, um, you know, outside of Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. And it was good to just kind of be a neutral fan. And, you know, I, I was telling Nick during the game, I was just kind of looking for the equivalence of what would happen in Scotiabank. What's the equivalent, you know, in Little Caesars? Things like yeah. they're throwing the T-shirts, like not during timeouts, like during the game. Yeah, no. Which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of That was weird. odd because sometimes you're like trying to get in the game and a t-shirt goes flying past your face you know like that yeah. was like that was sometimes like okay it could be dangerous but like <laughs> hey it was still a great time like right interesting right and you know just other little quirks like um you know even just the littlest things like the pa announcer like you know, that he, guy was, was trash i'm yeah, sorry he was not good at his job like you know the <laughs> the one in toronto talks about like he would say oh uh foul on number 24 norman powell his second of the game t foul number four he would just be like powell third foul team two yeah. Like, just very right, like, to the point. And it's like, you know, you just kind of notice stuff like that when you've been used, sure. to the, you're used to Scotiabank uh, Arena's, uh, you know, whole nuances and cadences and yeah. stuff like that. So it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to say he was trash. He was just... It was just different. Yeah. It was different. For sure. Okay, that is the one aspect I prefer Scotiabank yeah. Arena, I guess. The PA guy. Yeah. Um, the Jumbotron was massive. Oh, my God. That, 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 stood, out, that stood out right away as well. Um, that's definitely bigger than the one at Scotiabank so far. Um I uh, I was blown away by how big it was. Now it was getting some of the stats wrong, though, yeah. as we saw, right? Like that never happens at Scotiabank. But, but is that the person putting, like, you know, like is that that's is that computerized? Is that manual? Know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But at one point it said Shea Gildas Alexander was five of eleven for like twenty five points. And yeah, it's like, no, and he was. Who, I think it was eight of ten at that time, yeah, or something, or something, like, or something that, yeah. like that. Exactly. So you know they were gotten a little bit wrong, but like that's very minor in comparison. Uh, I think overall, um, obviously with the we'll do this after every podcast, but. I think the number one arena we've been to so far out of a two-game sample is the Little Caesars Arena. It's got my vote. And if we and if we, and if it gets beaten, we'll be sure to mention a podcast, and eventually we'll do a, an arena rankings pod for sure. Uh, you know, one through third, one through twenty-nine. Uh, obviously, Clippers and Lakers play at the same arena. Um, all right, that, that's, that's about fifteen minutes on. You know, the viewing experience. Let's talk about the game a little bit. So, you know, to me, the Thunder controlled this game. For most of the way, um, and I think what happened here is, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, the Pistons really started made a comeback. They took a couple of turnovers, they turned it into uh, some points, and they really made this uh, a game. And I think it was uh, a one-point game with about five minutes to go. And the Thunder are used to being in these situations. I mean, they, sure. they, they've they been playing close games, um, you know, all year and, and winning them as they did tonight. But uh, uh, what, what stood out to you in the game uh, today, Nick? Any particular player performance, uh, overall things you saw? What, what did you like so uh, about the game? From Detroit, I thought... Christian Wood and Brandon Knight. I'll touch on them later. I'll touch on them in a bit. But from OKC standpoint, what I found was in different areas, a different player just took control. Like there were a time where Dennis Schroeder, you just couldn't stop him. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Gilgis Alexander, you just couldn't stop him. At the beginning, CP started pretty hot too. He did. So there were just times where a different player stepped up and just dominated the game at that particular time. And I think... That was the big thing for OKC. They had multiple players step up at different times. For my, for me, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Chris Paul had it going there in the first in the first quarter. Looked like uh, looking to be more of a scorer. Uh, got a transition three. Was able to get into the mid range a little bit. Get to his spots. Uh, blew by Christian Wood off the dribble for yeah. an easy layup. He really looked good there. Uh, I think he started six of six uh, to start the game, which is obviously good efficiency. Uh, and then and then you're right. Dennis Schroeder started going a little bit in the second quarter, and then that third quarter, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander started getting in. 
to that mid-range game, really started taking over uh, that quarter. His his in-between game has really been good. We saw a bunch of those, you know, little floaters, you know, little push shots in the lane. Like, he's really starting to He just gets to his spot and he scores. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Not necessarily blowing by his guy, but, you know, you back off him and, you know, when you back off him with six feet from the basket, like, that's a bucket, right? For sure. So that, that was good to see from him. Um, we, something else we noticed, Dennis Schroeder is just relentless pressuring the ball all game. It makes it so tough yeah. for the Pistons to get right into their sets. Uh, there was one play... Where he where he was pressuring the ball ninety like ninety two feet like the whole way uh, and then forced basically you, you know the ball to go out of bounds and there's ten seconds left on the clock and now you're you got to get into your set much quicker and you're disrupting you know offensive play from the Pistons just based off simple ball pressure for sure and, and he does it like you said not every so often every single possession that's that right. guy is pressuring. That's right, and that was, you know, really fantastic stuff. Uh, Steven Adams had his moments in this game as well, really, uh, you know, kind of bullying guys like Thon Maker and Christian Wood who really couldn't uh, do Speaking much of Thon Maker, guys. that one foul at the end of the half was probably the worst foul I've ever right. seen. Right, and even though Steven Adams missed the, all three. All three, three but still, come on, Maker. Like, That's right, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and, yeah, and then and then down the stretch, uh, you saw it, the last play of the game, you know, CP runs pick and rolled. um uh, Brandon Knight tries to take a charge, gets the no call. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's sitting on the ground. Uh, screener goes back to, uh, I think it was Christian Wood, goes back to Chris Paul, and then Chris Paul dumps Just it over to Gallinari for a wide open three, and yeah. uh, that's your ball game right there. Yeah. So, you know, on the Pistons side, you know, Christian Wood was dominant in this game. He had a lot of, uh, he, had, he had a couple big three pointers, he had a lot of good. Big-time drives and attacks to the rim. Yeah. He had one dunk over uh, Nerlens Noel Ooh, that was just yeah, that nasty was in the first quarter. Yeah, he was he was very good, and you can see why uh, the Pistons might be excited about his future with the team. I think he's unrestricted uh, this year, but I think uh, there's uh, some there's some excitement there with his potential. I think he's a, a fantastic uh, player for this Pistons team. Oh, for sure, like that, like you were saying, getting bums in the seats. Blake's the guy, hundred percent. But Christian Wood has really stepped up, and I like that duo. Like, no, I'm not saying they're going to be a one-two punch by any means, but those are two solid pieces that when you're looking to try and get competitive again. Like, I think they'd be wise if he's a UFA. They'd be wise to bring him back. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but they'd be very, very, very wise to bring him back. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and he's budding. Like every time I see him, he seems to play a little better. Yeah, so no, I, I totally agree with that. Well, one thing, Dwayne Casey seems to get always get a lot out of his bigs. Like that's something that I know he's not really that's right an offensive guy per se, but like. Yep. He's still every Dwayne Dwayne Casey team. He does get a lot out of his bigs. So yeah, yeah no, I think I think that's a fair assessment as well. Um, any other guy that starts? You said Brandon Knight. He did have some nice stretches. Uh, you know what? Let's let's talk. You know, not too much, but Jordan McRae. Jordan McRae literally signed today. Yeah. Like we got the we got the Rhodes report as we were coming in here, and I didn't think he was going to be on the court today. He literally, I think he flew in like six hours before the game, learned some offensive sets from Casey, and just stepped in there. He played and well. Made some buckets. He played well. He made some. Buckets. He got the technical too. You know, standing up for his teammates. <laughs> he made some buckets. He got some uh, big shots in isolation. Uh, one baseline step back over Shea in the first quarter I saw uh, and then a, a big time three to help them uh, get back in it there in the third I believe as well so you know big buckets from Jordan McRae they needed all they could get uh, in this game from him um, uh, I was expecting to see a little bit more from Sekou Dumboya he was a little bit cold in this game not yeah, his best he, night for sure and he didn't 
he didn't play as much as I thought he would. Right. Yeah. I or agree. maybe he was just invisible. I I'm, <laughs> I haven't checked his minutes in the box score. So. Right. Um. And yeah, I, I mean, outside of Brandon Knight, who had a nice game, he he was really showing off his handle ability to get to his spots. He looked uh, he looked solid uh, in this game as well. Uh, you wonder, uh, you know, with the the point guard shortage there now that Reggie Jackson's gone. Yeah. Um. You know, Luke Kennard being a shooting guard, maybe he's going to take some. Uh, some time away from Brandon Knight there, but you wonder if you, they want to bring him back next year. He's an unrestricted free agent, I believe, next year. I don't know what his market is going to command. Yeah, I'm not going to say his – if I had to guess, he's not going to have – he's going to have a little bit of a market, but the market's not going to be massive for him in I my agree. opinion. But, yeah, if the price is right for sure, which I'm sure it would be, yeah, he's not a bad guy to have like some depth for right, sure. Right, because I just don't know who you're going to you know bring back. Derrick uh, Rose will be back next year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Derrick Rose is back. That's, I totally forgot. He was out in this game as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so that, that takes him off. Yeah, that takes him off the list pretty good. I, I totally forgot about Derrick Rose. That's my bad on that one. Um, no, he's been hurt for a while. I mean. Well, yeah, he's got the ankle injury. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, other than that, I don't really think anybody else particularly, you know, stood out no. uh, per se. I think, uh, you know, maybe you could talk about, you know, Svi Mikhailuk, who gave them a couple yeah, uh, he... nice three-pointers. Efficiency wasn't there tonight. No. But, uh, did but give still him... a nice player. Right. I think a player can be a very solid rotational right. piece, saw... but tonight wasn't. Fun. Right. A couple, uh, he was you know, running a lot of pick and roll, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of passes he was able to make, skip passes, yep. uh, kind of gnashing through the lane. Uh, we saw a few of those as well. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's pretty much it, uh, for, you know, the game, you know, the Pistons obviously, um, not going to be making the playoffs this year, uh, and another, you know, close game for the Thunder. Um, and I think the, I guess the last thing I want to touch on here is what's your opinion on, um, the Thunder playing so many close games this year? Is it, do you, there is a double-edged sword to this, like, they should be blowing out teams like the Pistons and not even letting it get to a close For game. Sure. Second night of a back-to-back on the road. Fair. I will say that. That's but. that's true, but I think we've seen a big enough sample size to, to see that um, you know they, they let teams back into games a little bit. And you know it's good that you're learning to close out close games like yeah. this because there's going to be a lot of those in the playoffs uh, in that first round or beyond if they get there. Um, but I also think it might be, you know, a bit of a problem that they're kind of letting teams back into games to be in that situation in the first place instead 100%. of sticking the knife in them. You know, one hundred percent. You got to step on their throat when you have them there, and they were up by like thirteen, you, or even like more that. at in one the, point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. When that happens against bad against bad teams, you really gotta put like put the foot down and bury them because against good teams, hey, if they want it more than you and they're hungry, they'll come back. Absolutely. So, and that just proved the Pistons tonight they're out of the playoff race they have really nothing to play for they came back and they were they were leading by a point at one point in the fourth if i'm not mistaken they maybe were. yeah so you really that's something really worries me because in the playoffs if you're up 13 in the fourth and you're blowing leads chances are you might not get it back because these playoff teams they know how to win and okc granted they've shown they know how to win they win a lot of close games but like you said it could be a problem in the playoffs. Right, I, yeah. and and that's what I wanted to just kind of get your opinion on. And but I, like you, but at the same time, you brought up a good point. They know how to play in a close game, so it's not going to phase them. But you don't want to be in those close games and the end of the fourth, unless you entered the fourth down fifteen. You know what I mean? Like, right. You don't want to give up a thirteen point lead to the Pistons in the fourth quarter. That's not good for a playoff team. 
Right, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, all right, we're about 23 minutes in. We didn't want to make this too long of a podcast here. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining me, and I guess we got, we got 28 more of these to do yep. uh, as we you know hit arena by arena. I'm sure our Raptors uh, Scotiabank one. You know, we've been to playing games at Scotiabank. Yeah, but, but it'd be nice to do like an official one. For I agree. Sure. Go I back. Agree. So we'll probably do that uh, as well, just like kind of you know with the with the eye for the experience more so than anything this mm-hmm. time around going back to Scotiabank. So uh, I want to mention too. We're gonna probably what well, we have like what a uh, eight to ten years. We oh yeah, it's not this. gonna happen. Yeah, like so just year. yeah, just yeah. so people know, we're not doing a massive road trip or anything like that. Yeah, like, but, the, but these types of podcasts will pop up periodically for sure uh, on the timeline, and uh, yeah, you'll get a, you'll get a chance. And hopefully, what this will do is uh, allow give you an opportunity to you know listen to one of these, and there'll be evergreen podcasts, right, where you can just uh, go in and what, what, okay, I'm I'm going to you know uh, Barclays Center, like oh this guys have been like what did they see at Barclays yeah. Center? Give you kind of like a uh, uh, an audio tour. I guess of you know what was going on there. So that's kind of the goal of these is you know give uh, fans a viewing experience kind of before they go and uh, you know hopefully uh, our experience matches up with uh, with most. And I think uh, I think we can speak for both of us by saying uh, I think if you head over to Little Caesars Arena, it's going to be a good experience. Definitely. And I no knock against the city of Detroit, but a lot of people that haven't been to Detroit they just think kind of run down, not the nicest city, but I can tell you right now, it was a nice I I enjoyed it. Like when we left the game, it was nighttime, there was the theater there, there was like Comerica across the across the street, sorry. There was a lot of stuff going on. It was and you felt comfortable, you felt happy. Like don't fret going to Detroit by any means. It is a fantastic arena and I highly suggest visiting, especially if you live Within a five-hour drive or so. Oh, it's it's definitely something you want to check out. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, so that'll uh, wrap up uh, this arena experience pod for Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday for this week in basketball. But uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed this kind of uh, midweek pod. In the meantime, Nick, thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks.